A reading from Isaiah chapter 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Indeed, thanks be to God. Thank you, Barbara. Well, today we continue our our Advent series titled Unto Us. And uh, by God's guidance, the prophet Isaiah foretold the first coming of Jesus, the coming of a Messiah, an anointed one. And while uh, Isaiah's message anticipated that first coming, our hope is that in this season we will grow in anticipation of Jesus' return, his, his second coming. Now last week we looked at um, Isaiah 7 where King Ahaz faced a storm of life. Two other kings, if you remember, King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel had teamed up against Ahaz and uh, Judah and were coming to overthrow Jerusalem. But God said that it would not happen, that they would not succeed, that they would not overthrow Jerusalem. And God offered a sign to confirm that he could be trusted. That sign was that a virgin would be with child and that child would be named Emmanuel, God with us. Now Ahaz had a choice. You know, he could trust God's promise, God's word, or he could place his trust elsewhere and try to figure out his problem on his own. So remember, he was sorely tempted to, to call the king of Assyria and ask for help. So, so how did that story work out? What's, what's the rest of the story? Gladly the Bible tells us. Here it is. Then Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramalia, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem and besieged it, but they could not overpower him, just as God said. Ahaz sent messengers to say to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, I am your servant and vassal. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel who are attacking me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace and sent it as a gift to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria complied by attacking Damascus and capturing it. He deported its inhabitants to Kerr and put Rezin to death. So the rest of the story. Ahaz failed. Oh, he made the call. 
to the king of Assyria. Complete failure of faith. Even though God had said very clearly, trust me, the thing you fear is not going to happen. And that call that Ahaz made represented the nation of Judah submitting to Assyria and Assyrian leadership and agreeing to pay tribute to them in perpetuity. And that decision caused all sorts of problems in the future, including a time in the future when Judah looked to Egypt to rescue them from Assyria. This is in Isaiah 30, which we won't get to in this series, but it prompts God to say, why all of these alliances with your enemies? Why don't you just trust me? Because when you don't trust me, you just get into trouble. There are all these problems. And that's kind of the point, right? When we leave God, we get problems, not freedom. I mean, the Bible says this same thing a hundred different ways. Remember what God said to Ahaz in last week's scripture. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And without faith, without some kind of real trust relationship with God, we will fall down and get hurt spiritually. And for me, the the kind of executive summary of this idea in the Bible comes in Genesis 4 in the story of Cain and Abel. If you're less familiar with the Bible, they're, they're brothers. Cain kills his brother Abel and has to live under a curse because of his sin. It just His sin kind of follows him all the days of his life. And God said that Cain would be a restless wanderer on the earth. A restless wanderer. You know, sin is a departure from God. And and when we leave God, we get problems, not freedom. I mean, sin will make you feel like a restless wanderer on the earth. I mean, this is, this is kind of the general human condition, right? Restlessness. It's the opposite of feeling settled and at peace. Wanderer, wandering, wanderer. You know, that, that's the opposite of feeling grounded and, and rooted. The general human condition. And, and uh, I, I would say that if we're attentive to this culturally and, and we kind of survey the landscape of our culture, we can see this everywhere, the reality of this. There was a song released back in 2016 by uh, an artist named Alice Merton. And the song was titled No Roots, and it, it immediately began rocketing up the charts. You might remember it if, if you're into kind of more popular music. And it didn't just rocket up the charts in the U.S. and in Canada. It was a global phenomenon. It was, it was on the top 10 list and in all of Europe, in, in, in Slovenia, even. I, I read the list. It was, it was amazing. This song was popular around the world. Listen, listen to the lyrics of this. Here's how it starts out. I like digging holes and hiding things inside them. When I grow old, I hope I won't forget to find them because I've got memories and travel like gypsies in the night. I've got painful memories, and I travel like a gypsy in the night wandering. I build a home and wait for someone to tear it down, then pack it up in boxes, head for the next town running, because I've got memories and travel like gypsies in the night. 
And a thousand times I've seen this road, a thousand times. I've got no roots, but my home was never on the ground. I've got no roots, but my home was never on the ground. (laughs) Wow! When you actually listen to the words of a song, you learn some stuff, don't you? Did you hear the restless wandering in that song? Of course. I mean, I I think the song became so popular globally because it hit a spiritual nerve. People listened to the song and thought, yeah, that is exactly how I feel. I mean, that's, that's good art, isn't it? To be able to put into musical form, in this case, some real experience of life and get it out there for people to engage. That's, that's good art. But good theology explains why we're feeling that way. And in that sense, the Christian faith explains very clearly why that song became popular. It's because when we leave God, we get problems, not freedom. And in general, those problems lead to a life that feels like restless wandering. And that's it. And we've all made the Ahaz mistake. I mean, instead of trusting what God has said, God's word, God's promises, we go our own way. We do our own thing. And the result is that we feel like restless wanderers. The Bible put it this way in the verses just before those we heard read a moment ago. Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Wow! I mean, that's no way to live. And it, and it all feels hopeless, doesn't it? I mean, distress and uh, a darkness and fearful gloom, that's all you can see. But then we read the next sentence. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, do do you know what that word means? And I don't don't mean, like, are you 90% sure? Because we're all kind of 90% sure of what that word means. But could you put a razor's edge on it and define it very clearly for another person? Nevertheless, I looked it up. Nevertheless means in spite of that, notwithstanding or all the same. Well, to be honest, that doesn't help much because all those phrases are kind of in the category of nevertheless, like you're 90% there, but what's the razor's edge? So I looked up in spite of. Without being affected by the particular factor mentioned. Well, there we go. Now that's clear. So in this case, the factor mentioned is, uh, in, in context, the mistake 
Ahaz made and all the consequences that came from that failure of faith that left people wandering from God. But I think we can generalize this. And, and look at the factor mentioned as human sin and, and all its consequences. The factor is that we left God and have been restless wanderers ever since. The factor is that we fail to stand by faith and, and we fall down and get hurt. The factor is that we fail to live by God's word and God's promises and because of that we live distressed, hungry, angry, and blind, seeing only darkness and fearful gloom. That's human life apart from God. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Without being affected by the degree and depth of human sin and brokenness, God is going to make good on his promise to give us that sign of a child who will be named Emmanuel, God with us. As I was reflecting on this uh, during the week, I thought, Somebody needs to write a short biblical theology and title it, Nevertheless. Because this is gospel through and through. The child promised as a sign to Ahaz would come. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Given. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And and all of that in spite of our faithlessness. Nevertheless, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If Isaiah 7 promised a child to come, Isaiah 9 tells us who the child will be. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor. There there are two words in the Hebrew here. The first word means wonder or miracle. And the second word very clearly means counselor. So it's not just that this child would be a good counselor. You know, good counselors help you discern what's really going on, help you work through it. Good counselors help you peel back the layers to get to the underlying reality. But this child would be a wonder of a counselor, literally a miracle counselor, a miraculous counselor in the sense of helping us peel back the layers of spiritual reality to find our way back to God. And even after Jesus' death, the wonderful counseling continues. As Christians, we understand the Holy Spirit to be the one advancing the ministry of Jesus in our day. Here's what Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
a miraculous counselor. The child would also be the mighty God, literally the warrior God. The child would be the God who fights for us. Of course, on the cross, he would overcome our greatest enemies of of sin and death. And in life, he fights for us too, like Elisha's experience with the Arameans. Remember that? The Aramean army surrounded the city where Elisha and his servant were staying. staying. Elisha's servant was was freaked out and said, what are we going to do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This child would be the God who fights for us, the mighty God. This child would be the everlasting father, literally a forever father. As one commentator put it, a father in perpetuity, extending loving kindness and guidance to his children. This child would be the prince of peace. Again, two words here. The the first meaning commander or leader or prince. And the second word, one you might know, shalom, which refers to complete wholeness or or well-being. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but in my little search, I came up with this. That first word can mean royalty, but it doesn't have to. So that word that we translate prince uh, has royal overtones, but it definitely means a person with authority, a commander, a leader, a prince. A person with authority, royal overtones, who oversees the status of complete well-being, shalom. This is the commander of wholeness, the leader of making all things right. Or as one of my favorite Christian authors, Alec Motier, puts it, the prince administrator of total well-being. That's who this child would be. So that's who the child will be, and God promised to send him without being affected, without God changing his mind because of the depth and degree of human sin. That's gospel through and through. Indeed, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. People of Jesus Christ, in whom are you trusting? Don't make the Ahaz mistake. Stand firm in your faith. Even in life's storms, we can trust God and say with the psalmist, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is our refuge and strength and help. Therefore, we will not fear. I won't be afraid, even if it seems like my life is coming completely undone. Because in Christ, 
God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. (laughs) Friends, there is light in the darkness. His name is Jesus. He shines brightly and is the light of the world today and every day. He is a miraculous counselor helping us know God and what's really going on in this world and in our lives. He's a warrior God who fights on our behalf. He's our forever father who knows us, loves us, and cares for us. And he is the leader of making all things right, advancing God's purpose and redemptive end in us and the world. Wow. And he's coming back. So set your heart on the coming king. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, you are good. Thank you that the gospel is real, that, uh, that it is true, that you're alive right now that you love people, that you want everyone everywhere to to turn back to you and enjoy the, the blessing of a trust relationship with you. God, a lot of times we put up our own barriers. We make our own way hard. So God, would you help us in spite of ourselves? Would you pour out your spirit on us and And help us to turn to you. Help us to seek you. Help us to pray. Help us to trust you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the great light that you shine in this darkness. We love you and we pray in your name. Amen.